Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome everyone to this wonderful um, show today. This is Louise Crooks, your Key to Clarity uh, coach on KTC Radio. I'm your host and um, I am really excited about the show that we have lined up today. Um, it's in a new format. Uh, I've tried it a couple of times before and always had a lot of fun and so we're really really starting to look at this as a, a, a way forward. And uh, today, the topic is, keep, is keeping teleseminars alive and participants engaged. We have three amazing uh, teleseminar thought leaders with us today who are already going to be sharing their um, wisdom and insights into how we keep our participants engaged during the teleseminars that we're using as a, a business growth strategy for our businesses. Um, many of you will probably, you know, if you are already starting to use teleseminars or teleclasses in your business, and I hope that many of you are, that you will um, notice that um, it's getting harder with the, the world that we're living in today with all the information overload and multitasking going on. But it, it can be a little bit of a challenge keeping our teleseminar participants engaged throughout. We want them to be able to be present throughout to gain as much wisdom as possible and also um, you know, be present to take advantage of the offers that we're, we're also presenting to them so that we can all um, benefit from the experience. So I invited these three wonderful um, guests today to share what I think is a, a very important topic. So just for anyone who hasn't um, experienced a, a Keys to Clarity radio, I just want to tell you a little bit about us and, and about myself. I'm a small business coach, speaker, of course a radio show host, and a Facebook and online marketing strategist. I'm all about getting the word out about what's possible in your business, doing it authentically, becoming visible, creating a profit, and helping the world at large through your actions. On this show, we address spiritual, personal, and business growth. All aspects, I believe, contribute to your success in this world and making more of a difference. Um, if you um, have not explored the archives, there are amazing... Um, topics and recordings of, of um, guests the likes of Marsha Weeder, Ali Brown, Michael Port, Mary Allen, Michael Lozier, just to name a few. So go ahead, um, you know, when the show is finished and go and browse those um, archives and feel free to listen to those recordings. And if you'd like to get updates about the show, make sure you go to keystoclarity.com and sign up in the um, sign-up box there. You'll get a free report from me as well. Um, which is always fun, and you'll get updates every Wednesday morning about uh, what's coming up on the show. So just a couple of things I want to mention before we um, introduce our fabulous guests and jump into this fabulous topic. Um, I just want to share um, just a couple of things. One is the um, if you want to tweet about the show, which would be absolutely fabulous, I really encourage you to do that, um, you can do... Use the hashtag KTC Radio, so hashtag KTC Radio, and you can use the um, the uh, URL budurl.com forward slash 
Heli Engage One. Heli Engage One, and that's the n- number one. Really appreciate you doing that. That would be great. The more, the merrier. I also want to announce our prize winners. Um, I love, I love it when we have prize winners. <laughs> And um, I wanted to just let you know, we had a prize winner from the first week in April, and I realized that I never um, actually announced that prize um, because we had um, a couple of pre-recorded shows in April, which I don't often do, and so for some reason that got um, slipped through the net. So I want to announce that uh, Baha Habashi of integrity-plus.com won the Michael Port, the new Michael Port book. Um, it's a, a new edition of his, his previous book, and um, which is uh, a Beyond Book Solid, and um, it's a fabulous book. So congratulations, Baha Habashi. And um, our last week's winner was um, Cindy Garrett, and Cindy won a seat on my 21 Days of Inspired Action program, which started last week. And you can find her on secretsofheaven.com. Cindy Garrett at secretsofheaven.com. So congratulations to both Cindy and Baha. It's always fun to um, to win prizes. And, uh, you know, when we do have them, I encourage you to enter. You never know you could be the winner. I always say if you don't, you don't uh, do it, you don't get it. <laughs> you don't take action, you're not going to get the, re- the, the results. So... Now today, um, we have three fabulous guests all in one go, and I'm just so excited. It's going to be such a juicy conversation. Again, the topic for those of you who are just joining us is keeping teleseminars alive and participants engaged. It's really all about understanding how we can keep our participants engaged in our teleseminars so that we can, they can get the benefits, the wisdom and the, the benefit of the offers that we're sharing um, to make more of a difference in their lives, businesses, and in the world. So I think this is a very important topic. So I want to introduce our guests. We have um, Adela Rubio. Welcome, Adela. It's wonderful to be here, Louise. Uh, it's so wonderful to have you, too. Um, so I just want to tell everyone a little bit about Adela. Adela is um, a, a joint venture strategist who helps Conscious entrepreneurs share their message and build their tribe using experiential list-building strategies. With five online tele-summits under her belt and more than 100 interviews with conscious business leaders, she's an expert at creating engaging virtual events that boost your platform and your profits. That's fabulous, Adela. What an achievement. Thank you. Um, Adela is also a certified evolutionary coach and a masterful facilitator um, and an expert community leader. She formerly led the Fully Alive community at um, Coachville, which is one of the leading schools, coaching schools, and um, was also the former director of Coachville chapters and study groups. Adela is a natural connector and energizer. And... <laughs> Also, for those of you who don't know, an ex-cabaret singer. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> okay. Oh, dear. Sounds like a lot of fun, um, Adele. I hope that you're doing some uh, performing of some kind, or maybe that's what the teleseminar is all about for you. 
It's been a great expression, but uh, I do have hopes of uh, doing another show again. Yeah, absolutely. Those are always so much fun. Fabulous. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, you've got to tell us when that happens, that's for sure. Yeah. So um, let's uh, let's introduce Ellen Britt. Um, Ellen is. Hi, Ellen. Hi, Louise. Nice to be here. (laughs) Great to have you. So, Ellen is an award winning online marketing strategist and Amazon best selling author. Um, she is the fa- co-founder of Marketing Chi, help- helping savvy women entrepreneurs develop the business strategies they need to get the success they want. Um, Ellen specializes in mentoring her clients to see their businesses um, strategically and then guides them to combine the results with a custom highly leveraged business model designed to produce immediate cash flow and continued profits. Woo-hoo. That's great. Mm. Oh, sounds good to me. <laughs> yeah. Ew. And uh, she also has facilitated over a thousand hours of um, teleclasses and is an expert at selling her high-ticket programs via preview teleseminars and in one-on-one phone conversations. Um, in addition to two decades of experience as a physician's assistant, Ellen holds a master's in psychology and a doctorate in biology. Very nice, um, Ellen. And um, I believe that you've even done over 100,000 interviews. Is that right? Well, I tease people with that, Louise, because <laughs> over my 22-year 20, career as a PA, I did interview over 100,000 yeah. patients. So, yeah. That's just amazing. Just amazing. I'm not, I'm not close to that, but probably uh, quite a few under my belt with my recruitment career. So, um, mm. um, yeah, it's, it's amazing what you can, you can do in a lifetime when you have that uh, connection, that type of connection. Wonderful. And last but not least, the fabulous Kim Clawson. Hi, hi Kim. Hello. <laughs> mm-hmm. Wonderful to have you here, Kim. Um, I'm excited to but, be here, especially with Adela yeah. and Ellen and you, Louise. Yeah. It's going to be great. It is. It's going to be juicy. <laughs> so let me tell everyone about you as well, Kim. So Kim... Clawson founded Ready to Go Marketing Solutions as a way to help solopreneurs more easily market their business by providing completely developed workshops, teleseminars, speeches, and more um, that they brand as their own to grow their business. Um, Kim also created the Confident Teleseminar Leader Program to give professionals a platform to practice their online presentation skills overcome their speaking fears, increase their confidence, and become better leaders. Kim is a professionally trained coach with more than 20 years of marketing and business development experience. She's a successful author, public speaker, and teacher, and the president of the Denver Coach Federation. Wow. Well, we have some really amazing guests on the show today, and you can just tell from their credentials and what they've been up to you know that they're very interesting people and have a lot of experience under their belt. I would imagine, in fact, that uh, you know between the four of us, even that uh, the amount of the interview hours that we've all done together has probably been fairly phenomenal. What would you say, ladies, to that? Absolutely. Wow. Oh yeah. <laughs> I think there's a lot of wisdom on the phone right now. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I'm excited, and I'd love to find out, and I think our, view, our listeners would as well, 
you know, what got you really connected, first of all, to the market that you serve? Um, if, um, if we can just go around the room, perhaps we can start with Adela and then go on to um, Ellen and then Kim. Can you say that again, Louise? I missed your question. Yes. What what got you um, you really connected to the market that you're actually serving? And I think we all have a fairly similar market in common, which of course is soul-driven business owners, authors, um, passionpreneurs, people in the field of healing and transformation. Well, believe it or not, Louise, it was because I hated marketing so much. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's really how I wound up figuring out who it was that I wanted to to serve and who I wanted to play with and partner with. For me, um, the partnership for me is with my clients and subscribers and also my partners because, you know, I really grow and share my message through community and through partnership, um, which is why I love, you know, interviews uh, and the speaking format, the experiential format. But it was because I hated marketing so, so much that I had to figure it out how for people like us, for people like me, who really had a really hard time, I had a hard time connecting on the surface. That's why I always found, you know, most networking meetings really difficult, the in-person networking meetings, because I like to go deep, um, which for me is an interview, uh, and, and a lot of the kind of experiences we create online are like that. So. I got to explore how people like me, you know, highly aware, conscious, that have really invested a lot of energy and time in personal development and want to serve and really care. Um, how do we market, uh, you know, using our strengths, showing up as who we are? What are the models? What are the strategies that really work? And um, I found someone who taught me a model that was extraordinary, and that's uh, Ms. Ellen Britt. <laughs> <laughs> mm. oh. Beautiful, she was, the mentor and the student on the line together. Uh, uh, yeah, she well, was, you're, let me clarify that. Now. Let me clarify that, Louise, because Adela is my peer. She is not my student not anymore. Not anymore. I learn as much from Adela as she has from me. Yeah, but you know, it takes. This is why you know when you run into the right, and, and I don't know that you run into it. There's really a lot of elements that are really right. Um, when you're mentored by someone that's a really great fit. Uh, Ellen was a really great fit for me uh, because I, I, I got excited. It, you know, she called you into it. That's why she's so awesome with, with online marketing and so much of the great stuff she does because uh, she continues to grow and amaze me. But um, it, it's so interesting. Sometimes, you know, when you're in business and you go about, especially in the beginning, um, you know, I, I started off with coaching just strictly coaching, thinking that, you know, if I did coaching that I'd be fine. And I hated marketing, so I struggled, of course. But it was yeah. because I had to find a way, because I wasn't willing to give it up and go back to a job job. I wasn't yeah. willing to do that. Um, because something happened inside of me, and I think that that's something that happens to those of us that are entrepreneurs, that really are in these lines of business where we're powered up by the work that we care about, by the values that we we choose to share and by the visions that propel us into waking up every morning. And so, you know, and if you do, if you have your own business, I mean, these are the things that you encounter, and so you either choose to figure out, okay, how am I going to do this? Or I don't know what the other options are because I didn't go that way. I just knew I had to figure this out. And that's what really connected me to the folks that I now serve and love to serve. 
wonderful, Adele. And I believe, did you start out doing nutrition coaching? Was that right? Yeah, I was a holistic health counselor. I went to the Institute yes. of Integrative Nutrition. There's so many of us. There are thousands yes. of graduates of that school. Um, and, you know, I went through such a circuitous pathway. I also managed technology in a law firm and owned a health club at the same time. So I... I knew that there was something more. I knew I wanted a bigger contribution. I knew that I wanted to have autonomy in terms of the expression of my creativity and of my essence. I knew that was really important to me. And at some point, you have to make that brave, bold move. And I did it when I was turning 40. So, wow. That's yeah. a real milestone. Yeah. Well, it's wonderful, Adela, that you've also recognized that um, there's such a need for people who, you know, you were working in that environment yourself as a, as a, you know, soul-driven entrepreneur, and recognizing now that there's a there's a market that um, really needs your expertise with what you've discovered along the way. Yeah. There's room for the strange ranger, lone rangers. <laughs> yeah, because I was always a, a, a very, a, like a highly sensitive type. I now say highly aware, someone who really feels a lot. And so um, there's loads of us out there, and we do business a certain way, and it's awesome. Yeah. yeah. And it's beautiful. It really is. Thanks, Adela. You're welcome. So, um, Ellen, what, um, you know, what got you connected to this market? Well, Louise, I started out in the health and wellness niche because that's mm. where I thought my credibility was, you know. I had been uh, working mostly in emergency medicine, occupational medicine for a couple of decades and uh, had also had some training in medical hypnosis and guided imagery and stuff. And so I kind of naturally gravitated to that. And I started doing um, these big telesummits many years ago before a lot of other folks uh, took them on. And uh, I've actually done eight of them. Uh, and had some success in that arena. I had I interviewed some folks uh, that you probably recognize, Lynn McTaggart, and Joe Vitale, Peggy McCall, uh, Marcy Shimoff, at a time when um, those things weren't really being done. I had some spectacular success with that and built a list of about 17,000 names in less than a year with that model. And then um, discovered that I really had to um, learn to market myself better and so kind of immersed myself in the internet marketing arena and just fell head over heels in love with that um i had taken some coach training as part of the coach training i think this is true for many folks who went through a formal coach training program that we had to do a teleseminar of some kind an instructional one and i didn't do it it didn't even cross my mind to do it in in, uh, on a wellness topic i did it on marketing for soap makers because I had had a, a hobby of making um, homemade soap. And I was on a forum with some other soap makers, and I think I had four people attend my first teleseminar, <laughs> marketing for soap makers. It was, for, it was free. I didn't know enough to make an offer at the end or anything. But it was my kind of first foray into, um, into marketing, and I just totally, totally fell in love with it. And I had more and more people from my other list coming to me saying, can you teach us how to do this too? And so that's how I kind of got um, started into the arena of marketing. It, and I still attract a lot of folks who have a background in health and wellness uh, yeah. or, or energy healers, fitness folks. I don't really specialize in those folks, but they, they are attracted to me uh, in that way. 
Um, I've since, in the last year, really been immersing myself in the idea of designing businesses strategically, which is a, I think is a big gap for a lot of folks. And so I've now been um, working on that aspect. And I, I've I found that since I've been working on it, strangely or not so strangely, people are coming to me for that as well, saying, how do I now stop running from tactic to tactic and set up a business that's going to work for me instead of me working for it? Nice, nice. Thanks, Helen. Nice. Yeah, and Kim, what uh, what uh, brought you to serving the, um, your niche market? So the you know this, these wonderful people that we all serve. Well, as a corporate escapee, <laughs> <laughs> with some gray hairs and a whole lot of dissatisfaction with my career. Two people in the course of three weeks told me that I would make a great life coach. So wow. I knew nothing about life coaching other than I had some vague familiarity with it with the through the uh, Franklin Covey program mm-hmm. or Stephen Covey. I think it's Franklin Covey, the, the daytimer, yeah. how they have coaching systems. So I looked into that a little bit, just really researched it, found some intrigue for sure, and within three weeks I was enrolled in a coaching program. Then when I got out of the coaching program, much like a lot of other coaches, I wasn't sure what my target market was going to be. So I was exploring wellness and divorce and business and, and is the key word here, college students. So much like a lot of other coaches who have a lot of ands and who they serve, I realized that that wasn't going to work, although I ended up kind of locking into business building, being a business coach, because that was my background. It's what I'm passionate about. It's what I'm really good at. And then just through my affiliation with the coaching industry, because I'm a student, I'm a learner, I'm always learning, I quickly realized that a lot of coaches are really interested to teach and train. And I just saw a lot of coaches asking about doing workshops. This was originally started with the whole idea of doing workshops. And so I went to my colleague who I met in coaching school, and I suggested to him that we create ready-made workshops for coaches. And so he loved the idea, and we jumped right in. We started ready-to-go marketing solutions with creating ready-to-go workshops for coaches completely implemented off the shelf. And then I realized that workshops, they really, coaches struggle with the whole idea of marketing, which Adela said right in the beginning, I hated marketing. And so we ended up creating all these other products that that fold into the workshop or that lead into the workshop. So they're all part of a a system that is what I call a multi-touch system that really creates relationship over time. And the reason that I really ended up focusing so much of my business efforts there is because of exactly what Adela said. And it's all around that whole unique ability concept that Dan Sullivan created, and he's from the Strategic Coach, that we really should be spending our time where we're our happiest, where we're living in our strengths, where we're truly coming from the place of our unique ability and where we farm out, where we delegate as much as possible. And so I thought, well, if I can create products and services that can help the coach to delegate what's not their unique ability or at least minimize the effort that they have to put into 
what's not their unique ability, then I'm providing a great service for the coach. And I am so passionate about empowering to the greatest of my ability, empowering that coach to be a successful business owner because building a business isn't easy and it does require a lot of work and all of us would rather perform our craft. We'd rather serve people. We'd rather impact lives than be marketing our our services. So that's really the essence of our business and why I picked the coaching industry because I was a coach myself and then I found this whole, but most importantly, I saw the struggle and I had a real heart for how can I empower the coach to be successful. Yeah, beautiful, Kim. It's, it's a fairly similar story to me as well, just seeing that real gap, you know, when people come out of their training and, you know, now what, when they realize there's a whole other piece to, to their business, um, you know, to just doing what they love. Yeah, and in coaching school, we're not taught that. And interestingly, even for myself, with the extensive background that I had, I was really good at marketing others, but I wasn't so good at marketing myself and also just kind of doing it on a much smaller level. I mean, I was working with a Fortune 100 company that had a huge marketing budget and thousands of people doing marketing. So that's a big shift from you being that in that environment to being you know, the chief cook and bottle washer. Exactly. Yeah, it's yeah. a very experience. Thanks so much, everyone, for sharing that. Um, I think that was that was fascinating, hearing your stories. I'd love to hear now, and I think our audience would as well, you know, what got you excited about using teleseminars as a, um, you know, as a, a business-building platform in your businesses and, and sharing about the, the strategy with others? Uh, you're all welcome to jump in, whoever comes first. <laughs> um, I'd like to share, if I could, this is Kim, because uh, it kind of ties into what I was just talking about. Is And one of the things I really liked about what Ellen said, <clears throat> excuse me, is teaching people how to be strategic in their businesses. And that's huge because when, one of the things in our industry, and, and I know there's a lot of overlap with who we serve, some differentiations, but definitely a lot of overlap, is that we're bombarded by so many strategies, all of them viable. Some of them have greater ROI than others, greater return on investment. They're all viable, but we're bombarded with all these different things we should be doing in our business. And unless we really sit down and plan out our our strategy and be strategic in how we're spending our time, we end up getting very frustrated. We end up feeling you know, pulled in, in many directions. It feels very chaotic. It feels like throwing spaghetti up against the wall, you know, seeing what sticks. And that's why I like teleseminars so much. I'm, I'm actually a bit of a rebel in that I only use a very few number of strategies in my business, and teleseminars and webinars are at the top of the list because I, even like you said, Louise, in the beginning, there's a, there is a lot of people doing teleseminars these days. There is a lot of competition for our, our audience's time, but it's still a highly effective strategy, and that's why I, you know, to this day, I teach people how to incorporate them into their businesses, and I highly endorse the strategy. Yeah, thanks, Kim. It's really where the world is going, isn't it? It's uh, teleclasses and webinars and. Um, you know, that's a huge part of, um, you know, how we're sharing our training and, 
and um, uh, are, are you know informing our our um, communities through this medium in a very inexpensive way. So um, yeah, very exciting. Thanks, Kim. Um, Ellen and Adela, any thoughts around this for yourselves? You know, what's got you excited about using it as a platform in your business and to be, you know, sharing and teaching about this as a, as a platform? Well, I'll, I'll jump in, Louise. This is Ellen. Um, I remember early on I had an experience where I had nearly 1,000 people on, a, on the call, not just signed up, but on the call. Oh. And uh, we had a – this was when I was in the health and wellness niche, and I had a, a physician – who spoke and gave really fabulous content, and about and then he, you know, it was great. And then we went off. He made an offer, and then you know we uh, we did it. And I went on to other things. About 30 days later, I went to my business mailbox and I had a check from this physician's office. And I thought, okay, we made a couple hundred bucks here. Opened the the check, and it was it was four thousand dollars in affiliate commissions. And I almost fell on the floor. I thought, wow, <laughs> you know. Um, that that's when it hit me how powerful this was. Now we didn't make four thousand dollars every day of the week on on an affiliate call. Make no mistake, but that really that one episode really showed me the power of teleseminars, and I have never looked back. They are. I, I agree with Kim that they are and they they are evergreen. Even though there's a lot of competition out there, not a lot of people do them really well. So there's not as much competition as you think. So many people will get on a teleseminar and they won't stay on it or they'll come once and they'll never return because they have a bad experience. So yeah. it, I would encourage people to learn as much as you can and just vow to yourself that you're not going to be one of those poor to mediocre teleseminar hosts and because 99% of them fall into that category in my opinion. Yeah, and, and I agree with you. And I think you know that's part of the reason why we're having this discussion today because I really want those who want to be successful in this area to really get some ideas about, um, you know, what's possible and to be doing things a little differently as well. So I'm excited that you're all here discussing this. Thanks, Ellen. Uh -huh. Well, yeah, I'll just add something. Um, first of all, 4,000 per call happens more often than you think. Because <laughs> I can this attest year, to that, this too. This was years ago. This was nearly 10 years ago. Well, that that is, was certainly amazing then. Yeah. But, um, but for me, it was the the reach, the numbers of people that you could reach, and the fact that it was global. I remember when I was in coach training, we did these calls, our coach that led this particular program was in the U.K., and so for her it was noon. But for those of us on the East Coast, it was 7. And for those on, I remember we had people in Montana, it was 5 a.m. in the morning. These folks got up for coach training at 5 a.m. in the morning. And then there was a gal from Australia, and it was like 11 o'clock at night over there. And yeah. I wow. was blown away by the possibility um, of just – opportunities to share on a global level and, and to experience a global perspective. That just blew me away. And, of course, you know, the Aquarian in me started envisioning and envisioning and envisioning possibilities and possibilities. <laughs> and that's what, that's what was so, so, so exciting. And also the fact, you know, um, I also am a corporate escapee like him. I used to work in corporate America managing technology for a New York City law firm. And the ability to leverage technology to help you really expand your reach, I just find 
so seductively irresistible, <laughs> you know, especially most of us, especially Western folks, we're, you know, we're used to right now. I remember when I was in the fitness yeah. be- business, people, you know, I would have to remind them that it wasn't that kind of an exchange. You don't have your product and then, you know, you pay your money and you've got your product. But the the ability to access, to have instantaneous access to information and connection and expertise was just yeah. irresistible. So. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I'm with you on that one. I'm a bit of an innovative um, beast myself. So <laughs> mm. I just find it very seductive too, and it's just a wonderful combination when we're all out there, you know, reaching out to our audience and to our community. You know, if we can do it in, the, in an interesting and um, inexpensive way, you know, what a fabulous opportunity to, to be able to do that. Um, so yeah, thanks, Adela. Mm-hmm. So here's a question for you all. Um, why do you think? And I, I, you know, it might seem obvious to some people, but I, you know, I want us to get really clear on this. Um, why do you think keeping people engaged on teleseminars has become such a, a, a crucial issue um, at this point in time? Now, this is this is Ellen. There's there's too much noise out there, Louise. Um, I think uh, both Kim and Adela um, alluded to the idea that we're all competing for everybody's time and attention, and those two things um, people don't have enough of. Uh, I forget how many you know thousands of advertising messages we're all exposed to every day of the week, and so people just don't have the bandwidth anymore. And, yeah. you know, they think that they uh, are going to come on a teleseminar and then maybe they'll sign up for it. And maybe they do even get to the call. But if you don't engage them right away and spark that interest, they are going to be gone in a heartbeat. So yeah. you've got to be on your game. You cannot be mediocre anymore. You're not going to make it. Uh, the audience is going to quickly desert you, and then they are never going to come back. Yeah. And, you know, by the sheer essence of that, it it really requires that we, all of us teleseminar hosts, really up our game, which is great because that means that the recipient, the participant, is going to get better training and better education. And additionally to not only the competition for time, but um, I forgot what I was going to (laughs) say. Oh. Yeah, game. It'll uh, I remember. It comes to me. I'm, it's an over 40 moment. <laughs> we all have but just how it affects our, our credibility and our yeah. our bottom line and the fact that if we can't keep participants engaged, if we can't up our game, if we can't deliver something that's a little different and unique and out of the box, we, we won't have a second chance. Kind of like they say when you go to somebody's website and you have four seconds to make a great impression and you want to capture their name with a compelling special offer. Similarly, with your teleseminar, if you don't engage them, if you don't deliver something that's unique and out of the box, you won't get a second chance. That makes a lot of sense. Thanks, Kim. Any other thoughts? Adela, do you have any around that? I'm sorry, Louise, I didn't hear that. Yeah, I'm just, uh, you know, why do you think that keeping people engaged on teleseminars is such a crucial piece at the moment in this day and age? Um, well, I'll I'll step up and um, say what what I what I know yeah. <laughs> from my own yeah. experiences is that. 
Uh, nothing's really happening unless someone's present. Oh, yeah. I like that. Let's, go <laughs> that. Let's tweet that out. Everybody write that down. We <laughs> everyone. Yeah. yeah I, I think one of the one of the deepest problems that we're that we're um solving actually and addressing is engagement. We've got too much surface engagement going on. There's too much of the you know, the the very little depth stuff, just the surface thing, and we are longing for the richness, the fullness of presence and connection, of real um Real relating, real connection, and teleseminars are an extraordinary medium for that. Yeah, and it's up to us as teleseminar hosts to pull people in and get them so deeply present that they can't tear themselves away from that experience. So, yeah, I love that, Adela. Beautiful. Mm. You know, Adela, I think you hit on something pretty powerful there, because we... We deliver really good teleseminars and webinars in our business, mostly become, because we come from a perspective of delivering training and education as opposed to delivering promotion. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you, you kind of camouflage training and education, but really what you're doing is promotion. And I think that that's really, really critical what you just said, is that if you can make that deeper connection and really get people to be present. And it's almost like you don't have to you don't have to inundate people with content. You don't have to inundate people with information if you can create that experience. what you just said. Yeah, absolutely. I I my 30-day events, Kim, I and I've got a format that I'm going to share on this call. Um it, it's all about that. That's what actually occurs and that's why there's so so many people experience huge Things happen from these 30-day things, uh, these 30-day online events that I've hosted. I mean, people write books, relationships get resolved. I mean, it's just like really crazy stuff happens. Nice. But it's because the you've got so many people. I mean, this is, you know, group energy, collective energy, you know, aligned energy of people with an aligned intention around something. And I always have a topic that I do these around. Let me tell you, there's very little for you to do. It's just a matter of being and bringing people into that invitation to invoke their own presence. Yeah, and I, I, I want to just segue onto something that that uh, from something Adela and Kim said. This idea of creating community, and you can do it within just a one-off teleseminar too. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. if you just remind people that they're there with other like-minded people, even that simple statement can go a long way to helping them feel connected and not so isolated uh, as they're sitting at their computer or they're sitting somewhere listening to you on a cell phone or whatever. Just something simple as that. Uh, Or you can get into a deeper experience like Adela does with her 30-day events, but it's all about creating that sense of community and connection. I mean, just look at the rise of social media. Because we're all hungry for it. So We are. We can just do that so simply on a teleseminar, and I just see so many people just skipping over that kind of thing completely. Mm. Yeah. We need it more than ever. You know, we all, you know, a lot of us as being solopreneurs feel a sense of isolation. So to be able to be brought into that experience, I think, is very powerful, and we can facilitate that, which is just another gift that we can give our communities. Beautiful. So what I would love to know is, 
you know, from all of you, you know, what you feel the biggest mistakes people make when it comes to disengaging our participants on teleseminars. Oh, this is Ellen. I have a pet peeve. <laughs> so Go on. I'll jump in. Um, what really gets my goat, so to speak, is to get on a teleseminar and have and be greeted with basically silence. I'm not talking about music on hold or something like that, but silence. And then you hear people say, well, hello, and other people say, hello, hello, hello. <laughs> and then, you know, people may start a conversation, hi, I'm... Uh, um, you know, Robin from Milwaukee, is anybody, you know, oh, I'm from Milwaukee, I have a cousin from, you know, this little conversation gets going on the side. And then the host says, oh, um, I'll be right back, I'm going to start recording. And then there's more silence. You know, instead of being engaged and inviting people and keeping up that running pattern, they leave this big dead airspace at the front. It's a deadly mistake, and it's so easy not to do that. What do you recommend, Ellen? I'm intrigued. What? In ter- well, when I, I get on my calls, usually 10 to 15 minutes prior, sometimes even longer, uh, and I start greeting people. I see them come on the call. I say, you know, uh, this, this is Ellen Britt from Marketing Chi. Welcome to blah, 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 whatever teleseminar. You, you know, you're, we'll get, we're going to get started in about 10 minutes. In the meantime, I invite you to say hello by saying your first name and where you're from. If it's a business uh, kind of call, I say state your first name, where you come, and your website if you have one. People love to get their websites out online, although it's, sometimes it's painful to listen to them because they go HTTP, but, you know. But anyway, and, and then I say, you know, uh, and, and people signing on to a, a instant teleseminar, I will greet them. I say type in where, you're, you know, where you're, your name and where you're calling from. And I keep people engaged right up to the top of the call. Then when I have to go to, uh, I've identified somebody, and I'll say, hey, Robin from Milwaukee, you're still there. And she says, yes, I'm here. I said, would you do me a favor? Well, sure. Would you just continue to greet people as I have done, and let me jump over to Audio Acrobat and start the recording. They love it. And then I come back, I thank them, the recording starts, and off we go. So that's what I do. That'd be a simple as well, isn't it? <laughs> it's very simple. But people don't yeah. do it. Yeah. Wonderful. Thanks for the suggestion. That's awesome. Yeah. So what other mistakes do we make that disengage our um, participants, ladies? Um, I'll share one that drives me particularly crazy. (laughs) My rant now. (laughs) We're all venting here. It's beautiful. Okay. I call this scripting your call versus scaffolding your call, right? So people who read, now there are some people that are gifted. I have a coach buddy who taught classes, and it was a script, and oh, my gosh, she made it sound like it was a conversation. She was amazing. I could never do that. Um, You know, have a scaffolding for your call, whatever your call is, but don't have a script that you read out because it sounds artificial and it sounds disconnect. It's disconnecting. Um, and if you know your topic, all you need is a scaffolding because you could talk for days about it. But <laughs> yeah, <it is. laughs> so, um, yeah, the script versus scaffolding. That's a good one, Adela. I, I have tried all 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 of them, and the scaffolding works the best. It really does. Yeah, because there's like, things that you as well. There's just things that happen. This is the the wonderful thing about being on the phone with another person. Um, and having a conversation, a cool conversation is what I call them, is that the best parts of the call sometimes are the unscripted things, the things that just popped up in the conversation because of how it went, a question you asked. So, yeah, 
unscripted scaffolding. Awesome. Yeah, and, uh, and do you want to just elaborate what you mean by scaffolding? Maybe some of our audience. So scaffolding for me might might just be, um, you know, like an outline. Um, yeah. You know, most of the time when I introduce somebody, depending on the person, like let's say if I'm doing an interview, there's some people that really care about, you know, how you introduce them and what you say. So you want to make sure that you do that. But certain things. You know, like if I'll have questions, if I have a closing remark that I want to make sure that I share. But basically, I just put down the points that I want to cover, and then I cover them. Awesome. And yeah. Adela, yeah, and, and I think it that's what keeps, keeps you engaged as well as your audience. I think that's, that's what's so fun about it. Yeah. Too. So what were you going to say? Was that uh, Yeah, Ellen? it was Ellen. I just was going to add to what Adela said. When somebody sends me a bio... I never read it word for word. I get in the information that they've given me, if it's within a reasonable length, uh, but I will always find something to add that that's going to surprise my guest. Mm-hmm. So they never know what I'm going to say about them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It'll be uh-huh. true. It'll be true, but I've found out something about them, and I put it in there. Uh-huh. Yeah, it is fun. Keep it light and interesting. Mm-hmm. I've actually pulled my people on this question before, and... The, much like us having real passion around our pet peeves, so do they. And one of the things that actually comes up a lot is the lengthy introdu- the lengthy uh, s- stories that the facilitator tells about themselves, the, the lengthy introduction. And I think it ties to what we've talked about. You've got to get them engaged right from the beginning. You've got to attract their attention. You've got to let them know that the time is worth their while. And one of the things that, that we teach is that story, your story, our story is very important. People need that to connect uh, for relatability, for them to say, oh, you're like me. However, people don't like 20-minute stories. They want brief stories. They don't, they don't want to hear about the, you know, I lived under the bridge and now I live on the beach. And interestingly, a lot of people do that. And interestingly, so many people are really turned off by that. So I'm not quite – I'm sure there's some psychology around it, but I I think personally that there's a happy medium where we can create that relatability, we can create that connection, we can establish credibility uh, without droning on and on for 20 minutes before we ever even get into the content. I I agree with you, Kim. I agree totally. Somebody – I was on an instant teleseminar once, and I did a very lengthy introduction for someone who had – was a very famous person and had a very lengthy bio, and I kept getting comments that basically said, shut up and get to the point. <laughs> basically, wow. they were rude. <laughs> so it was like, okay, lesson learned, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's amazing. Wonderful. Um, wonderful that we're getting such great um, tips here. So I'm sure that the um, our listeners are busy writing all these things down, which is just fabulous. So any other big mistakes that stand out for you that you want to share um, before we move on to the next question, juicy question that I have for you? I have another one. And what it's about, it's about, it's really just ties. I mean, this has been a great conversation because it seems like we're all very aligned in the way we approach this. One of the mistakes that I see is that there the 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 facilitator doesn't create the connection and it doesn't even have to be like at that deep level that Adela was talking about but a connection can be established even in a monologue i personally don't recommend monologues although there's there's a lot of ways that you can get them engaged 
So you have them doing things, drawing pictures, filling in handouts, answering questions, polling, role-playing, even physically moving around. There's a lot of things that we can do that we're not restricted by teleseminars. But it's more about creating that that connection, that that. It's an energy. It's uh, it's coming from that place of service. It's uh, this isn't about paying my mortgage. This is about helping you to lose weight or improve your marriage or build your business or shoot a better golf game, whatever it is. And I feel that if people can really, I, I'm not sure what it is. I'm not sure if it's just one thing that you say it's this one thing as much as it's just that energy that we create about really truly coming from a place of service, really caring about helping the people on the other end of the line as opposed to, and I'm all about income generation, but it can't it can't feel like the people on the other end of the phone can't feel that. They can't feel like, oh, you know, you just want to make a buck. Yeah, so it's about delivering value all the time. Yeah, I'm going to piggyback on that. Um, I talk about this in social media, but it also applies on teleseminars, and that's, uh, I'm a coach, I like distinctions, broadcaster versus engager. (laughs) So someone who is just basically on a teleseminar, there's no interaction, there's no engagement. It's just they're just teaching, the the information's coming out, coming out, coming out. There's no check-in. There's no time for, you know, some clarifying questions here and there or just, you know, the engagement. Um, I I just find the energy to be very, very different um, when it's, you know, broadcasting. I've taken those kind of trainings, and there was huge disconnect that I could not um, get the value from the program because it just so disconnected. I got so turned off by the anonymity, the anonymity. Yeah, that's what it is. That's it. Wait, you're coming up with some great Uh stuff. Broadcaster versus engager, is that what you said? Yeah. Uh uh And it is. It is that anonymity. Yeah, Yeah, the anonymity word really hits it, Adele. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it comes back to the idea that we are as engaged as we want our participants to be as engaged. Um, You know, it's a two-way experience. You know, if we're broadcasting or, you know, um, you know, uh, have, have a script or whatever that is, you know, that we're doing that disconnects us, we're not engaged with our audience. So it's, it's a two-way street. Yeah, and I want to add something to that because I think that actually it's a foundational issue uh, in your business if, um, if that's how you're feeling. Because I, I find if you're delivering content from the surface and not from yeah. the depth of your experience, right, so that means that you can think of having solved X problem that you solve in this way and that way, like you've got X, Y, Z, W, you know, you've got all these versions of how you've solved and addressed this specific problem. Um, that comes across, and that's something, I think in the beginning, when someone really doesn't have an idea of, you know, their authentic business essence, you know, you know who they serve in the world, what's the message of change that they deliver, um, you know, in the beginning, it takes you time, so you are on the surface. But the the the, um, the catch twenty two about this, the paradox about this fun experience, is that the more that you do your work, whatever it is that you think your work is, the more that you figure out what it really is. And so we're walking this tightrope of really not going for the bold move in terms of what we think, what strategies, what processes, you know, we might use because. 
you know, maybe it's not an established thing or other people aren't doing it. I, I think that there's something that happens with people trying to model what they see working, which may have been someone really tapping into their brilliance and coming up with something really wonderful. Um, and I think that, that the deeper issue here is really being in touch with that core essence of, of what your business really delivers. Um, and it's something that you only really come to know and experience the more that you solve that problem, the more clients that you have, the more programs, the more teleseminars. Um, so that is, I think, what really – there's an energy that Kim was talking about, and I think that that also comes across because you know when you are not only in the, the hands of someone who's competent but someone who has mastery, and that actually inspires you to open up and consider possibilities. So, and someone who cares also. Yeah. Mhm. Mhm. Yeah. 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 And then one thing again that's really worth highlighting is the whole concept around action brings clarity because I know just from working with a lot of new people, even when I started, I mean I remember hearing that message, specialize, specialize, become an expert in something and, and this is somebody I was somebody who had twenty years of marketing experience and I'm like I don't know what my message is. I don't know what my specialty is. I don't know what my expertise is. I don't know what my coaching system is. But through action, it brought clarity. Mm-hmm. And so I want to encourage all the listeners that get out there, start taking action, start helping people, start, and you'll start refining your message and clarifying how, how in fact, you, you do serve your clients. And, and Kim and Abella, if I could add. It's evolutionary process, isn't it? Sorry, Ellen, go ahead. Kim and Adele, if I could just ask you a question. How do you um, do, do you see your your expertise and what you offer continuously being refined? Because I do for myself. Yeah, absolutely. 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 So it's, it's an, an ever-ending kind of process. Yeah, I was just going to say there is no end point. No. <laughs> it's no. a continuum. Yeah. It's not an arrival. It's a destination, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's not a destination. But what is it? It's not an arrival. It's it's the whole journey. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's the thing, everyone. You know, the fact that it is an evolutionary process, and we just have to get started somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. So let's let's uh, um, um, let's share a little bit about um, what your recommendations are. You know, to keep the uh, participants engaged. I think we've mentioned a couple just through the sharing of. Um, it's mistakes people make, but if you were all to share um, a recommendation of how you you do keep your your um, participants engaged, that would be great. Yeah, I would love to. It's Adela. <clears throat> this is like my favorite. This is my favorite stuff on the planet. <laughs> <laughs> one of my Sing good with friends. Breath. <laughs> yeah, one of my good friends, Elizabeth Phelps, um, another coach, uh, said we are experience makers. And when I saw that on her sales page, I was like, oh, my God, who is this woman? I have to meet her right now. Because <laughs> it's what I had found in my, own, uh, in my own work and my own experience of creating change for myself. Um, I remember for years I would read books, and the part where there were exercises and questions that you were supposed to do, I would just skip that over, and then I'd keep reading. <laughs> <laughs> and somehow things just really didn't change. I don't know what was up. I was reading a lot of books. And I was doing a lot of workshops. But anyway, so I really got that experience um, is really what creates shifts. So I 
I uh, and I tend to be, as I said, uh, you know, 30 days you can change a habit, and uh, this isn't new. There's loads of people doing this kind of thing all over the place, but the model of how I do it was something that I kind of happened into. So I do. I host these 30-day virtual events on a specific topic um, for people to experience shifts for themselves around this specific topic. And so, um, again, my my thing is very. Uh, I have a scaffolding, but I'm unscripted. So what I do is I actually have a format for this call, <clears throat> and it's um, especially if you want to create community, if you want to create shifts for people, if you want to create awareness, breakthroughs, ahas, community, it's just extraordinary. So here's the format for the 30-minute call. I usually have, I'll usually show up at five minutes to the hour. So I'll have like a five-minute, sometimes I've even done up to ten minutes. You know, if I'm getting antsy and I'm all excited, I'll show up ten minutes before, and guess what? There's other people there, too, that have shown up early. Because you're always going to have types that are connectors that want to meet other people, that want to get to know you, and, and they want to create community. So I've got five minutes of connection. Then I do ten minutes of a focused experience. And that is something that I host. I, I do a guided imagery, and that's unscripted. That's just inspired in the moment. You know, just that's what I do. And then I have... A 15-minute, could be 10 to 15-minute integration. And integration is about somebody processing the experience that they've just had and sharing whatever it is that they want. So there's not a lot of rules. There's this format and flow. You can, you can participate in whatever portion you want. If you don't want to come in for the community, don't. If you just want to come in for the guided imagery, coolio. If you want to come and hang around and, and share your integration, your experience, your awareness with people, fantastic. And then I close it. I have some kind of closing connection. So, again, it could be some guided imagery thing, some energy thing. It could just all be, you know, unmuting the lines and everybody saying goodbye or singing a song. Um, and I'll do, I do things like, you know, I'll do a, an invocation day, like, you know, everybody. Uh, because what, what I do is I have people take ownership, co-ownership of the experience. So everything that I do is an invitation. I'm calling others to co-create with me. I'm just the facilitator. And I've had to be very clear with this a number of times when I've done these programs because people get really excited because they experience huge shifts and transformations and they think it's me. I'm like, it's not me. It's everyone's energy being aligned and intentional and open to what's possible. And that collective experience creates huge shifts. I learned this when I was doing, um, Marianne Williamson used to come to New York once a month in the 90s to do lectures on A Course in Miracles. And I remember she started off at the Universalist uh, Church in Central Park West. And that place would fill up. There would be hundreds of people, and we always did a 10-minute meditation. And I had trouble meditating alone by myself. But when I meditated with hundreds of people, I immediately, it's like you sink vibrationally. You just sink up and you just go into the meditation. And so that's what I've done in my experiential 30-minute calls is create that format, create this deep connection, and uh, have people experience at whatever level of depth they choose to experience. Nice. Adela, that's awesome. Thank you. And I love, I love your idea. Well, I, could just I don't think you're that. passionate enough about it, though. <laughs> <laughs> I think 
you need to turn it up a couple notches. Right. Okay, okay. Up. Okay. Up, I'll try. I'll try. Your your idea of co ownership. You know, I like this idea. And there, but even on a you know purely um, quote unquote instructional call, I think that we can do a lot to remind the audience that they are part of it. That it's not just me as the quote unquote instructor sitting back here. I, I like this quote from one of my my former mentors. You have to call them to do a hundred percent of their half of the work. I love that. And have, and have them step up. They, and that's what I tell my clients. You, I expect you to do a hundred percent of your half of the work, and I'll do a hundred percent of mine. And together, we're going to create something that's bigger than the both of us. Yes. And one of the things that's so great about those of us that serve the coaching industry, or if we're coaches ourselves, is is good at training and coaching are so similar. And it's so much about just being the facilitator, just being the guide on the side, and allowing and giving the learning over to them, setting up that environment, creating that space for them to create the learning themselves. And that's what's so different about, although it's great for the the, ch- the child, the children, they don't have the life experience that adults bring to learning environments. And so you can just create the space, and the adults have so much experience and wisdom and knowledge and value to bring to the learning that you can almost just practically stand on the side, and they'll walk away feeling transformed. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. I second that. They will be. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, they, they will. play. Yeah, because there's this, there's this paradox. I just wanted to add this. is We want people to step into their power, and yet, you know, a lot of opportunities don't really invite you into you fully owning your power, especially when you're in a learning environment. Because mm-hmm. at some point you're still feeling, oh, well, I'm the student. Well, I'm the student. I'm learning. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think we have to have more invitations to to um, to own, to own. Yeah. Beautiful. Now, Adela, I'm, I'm aware of, of time constraints for you, and uh, before we move on to any other recommendations on how to keep uh, our participants engaged, I want to give you the opportunity before you have to jump off the call just to share about the, um, the you know, we have this amazing gift that our um, guests have um, you know, offered to our listeners just as a, as a thank you for, for listening, and um, so, Adele, I'd like for you to, to just share that so that you get an opportunity just to, to um, let everyone who's listening know about the, the gift that we have on the, um, the page. I'll give the URL if you just want to share about the three keys to grow your business with expert interview. Would you like to oh, do that? Oh, absolutely. I absolutely. I've, uh, I've got this series of uh, informational and experiential, because that's the kind of babe I am, <laughs> of, of videos and also uh, emails to get you into action around the three different aspects that I teach in the Enlightened List Building um, program that I have put together. Um, for me, it's, it's around three pieces that I'm passionate about, and I'm passionate about working with people. Um, for me, I'd love to work with people who have a message of change that they want to share and create a community around. And so the first piece is freeing your essence, is being this unleashed, expressive, creative you. You know, no no carbon copy. You're not like anyone else. You are really you. And it, it says a lot to the systems that we have in place that so much of that has been hammered out of us. And so, you know, as adults, you know what? 
to really come alive in our work and, and in the world, we have to, you know, we have to um, reconnect with that because there's nothing that you need to find or get. It's just a reconnection. It's an arising of who you already are. And for me, that's freeing your essence. The second part is, you know, sharing your message. What's that thing that's got you, you know, that no matter whether you're getting paid for it or not, but, hey, let's get paid for it. (laughs) Um, You know, that you are passionate about that you never run out of ideas, that if somebody canceled at a speaking gig, you could get up there easily and do a one-hour presentation with no materials or content and have people engaged. So sharing your message. And the way that I love to do it is through expert interviews because the, the third part of it is that the quickest way to turbo boost your reach is by partnering with other people who have um, an aligned message and an aligned market. And I love partnering. It is just, after having been a lone ranger for most of my life, I am so enjoying this opportunity to partner with other people who are passionate about the same message as I am. Um, And I do believe that that's being the change. So that's at enlightenedlistbuilding.com. And I invite you to come over and play. Play. Well, well, you sound like you're a lot of play with. (laughs) Absolutely. The gift that you're giving everyone is called The Three Keys to Grow Your Business with Expert Interview. Yeah, and that is the the video series. Yeah. And so I just told you the three keys. Yes, expert data. So if you want to go and get that, if you're listening, um, and make sure that you get access to all the free gifts, um, you would go to Bud. Uh, in fact, uh, let's, uh, let's make it easier. It's keystoclarity.com forward slash radio forward slash teleseminar. So that's keystoclarity, all one word, dot com forward slash radio forward slash teleseminar. And you'll hear a little bit more about everyone else's as we go along. We're just going to dive back into um, recommendations on how to keep our participants engaged. So thanks for sharing that, Adela, and let us know when you need to drop off. But I just wanted to make sure you got that in there. Yeah, thank um, you. Yeah. So who else has a recommendation on keeping participants engaged? It's such an important, crucial part of... Um, This is Kim, I do, and I'd actually like to just, and that's what, this has been a really great call, I know I've said that, but we're aligned and yet we really approach things uh, from a little different perspective, which I think is great. I mean, I wrote down some great one-liners today, you guys. (laughs) And um, I'd like to maybe make some some kind of tangible, tactical um, suggestions just from like a pure learning perspective. And um, I'll just kind of go through some of these. So keeping them engaged, we talked about this a little bit, but but one is to create interest right from the beginning. So if you think about a really good public speaker, when they come out on the stage, they don't come out and say, thank you very much, I'm really glad to be here, and, you know, they come out and and they get your attention right from the beginning, whether it be with with a statistic or a quote or a story or maybe they ask you an impactful or a reflective question. So think about doing that. So I like to really encourage people to think creatively, to think out of the box, to think, okay, what's, like Ellen said earlier, you know, what's 99% of the rest of the people out there doing and what can I do a little different? So so that's one thing. Another thing is 
just really tactically, tangibly to keep them involved, just have them do stuff. Have them draw pictures. So instead of sending them a handout with a picture on it, tell them to bring a piece of paper and some colored pencils to the call and let them draw their own pictures. And then, of course, you can send handouts, let them fill that in. You have them answer questions. You have them role play. Uh, perhaps if you're uh, doing something where you have a, a polling option where you can poll people. And who's to say that you can't have people physically move around in a teleseminar? So I always encourage people, think out of the box, think out of the box. Use visuals so the more we can engage the senses, all of the senses, the more people will retain what they've learned. And then also... Just talking about the senses, you know, that, that, um, you know, when you can use all the senses, that's really powerful and it's, um, you know, creates the, the little shifts of energy throughout the call, doesn't it? It does. It does. And you can use touch and you can use taste and you can use smell in a teleseminar. So think creatively about how you can do that. And then just two other things. Similarly with engaging the senses, when you're creating your teleseminar, think about the three learning styles as well. So think about, okay, how can I appeal to the auditory learner? How can I appeal to the visual learner? And how can I appeal to the kinesthetic learner? and try to engage all three learning styles in the development of your program. And then the last point, tangibly, again, is we've talked about this today, but one of the ways that the adult learns most is not only through them taking in the information, but really what happens next, and that is giving them the opportunity to play with what they've learned, giving them the opportunity to kind of uh, toil, you know, not toil, but just kind of sit with it and 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 explore it and 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 make it their own. And then the next step is to then get them to apply it to their lives. So it's getting them to play with it, to own it, to make it their own, and then take that next step, which is that level of commitment. And then that's them actually saying, okay, here's what I learned. And here's how I'm going to apply it to my life going forward. And by doing that, that's how you lock in the learning. And that's how you keep participants engaged. And that's how you deliver memorable training programs. Mm, nice, Kim. Those are fabulous. my kind of tangible, tactical suggestions. Yeah. Yeah, fabulous, Kim. Fabulous. What about you, Ellen? Have you got any recommendations? Yeah, um, kind of the... On, on the practical side as well, I always advise people to attend. If they're not attending teleseminars and they're new to telesemin- the teleseminar world, they ought to be getting out there and attending as many as possible so that they can see what lights them up and what turns them off and how they want to do things and, and look at mistakes, look at successes, see how the audience is responding. Uh, many, uh, as I was doing, and I still do this, uh, I get, you know, a lot of people send out recordings of teleseminars, uh, and if they do that, I will get that recording, download it, put it on my uh, iPod, and uh, in, uh, you know, free time or when I'm driving, I will listen uh, to those teleseminars. Sometimes, if it's a person I really admire, I will listen to them over and over and over until I've ingrained parts of their style and that kind of thing. Uh, the other thing that I that I think that that's been the biggest lesson for me is learning to be myself uh, and let my personality out there. Um, I was born and raised in the South, if you can't tell, uh, and uh, 
and the more I let my southern personalities shine, the more relaxed I feel and the better people like it. So I brought that into my newsletter, I brought it into my email communications, and I brought it into the way I speak on the phone. So I don't try to mask my accent anymore. I used to do that, but when I moved back to Georgia seven years ago, it started coming out more anyway, so I thought, well, let's just go with the flow. Um, and I've gotten and you know, a lot of positive... your accent is beautiful, Ellen. It's, it's part of what's so charming about you. Thank you. So I, I let that go, and I would encourage people to let aspects of their personality shine because people like that. It shows you as a real person, and it makes people feel more relaxed around you. So attend yeah. teleseminars, record teleseminars, and listen to them, and let your personality shine. Yeah. And there's a I lot of ladies that... Um, that you know, if you're not authentic, it, it, you know your 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 participants can smell that a mile off. Um, so it it just pays to access that part of who you are. You know, to be authentic, and um, you know that's what they love to see sh- shine through. Yeah, I wanted to add something, but I think Kim had something. Well, to yeah, say. what were you going to say, Kim? I was just going to say real quick. There's so much to be said for us continuing our own personal development and going on other people's calls, people that are our peers, people that are our competition, and, of course, people that we, we grow and learn from, and noticing what so-and-so did that they liked and noticing the way they deliver their offer and noticing the way they create connection and noticing some of, of the blunders as well. I mean, that's one of the best ways to learn is through experiencing other people's calls and then taking what you like and making sure that you avoid what you don't like. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Which is sometimes harder to do than you think. Yeah. <laughs> it is hard. One, one of the things um, that I have found really uh, interesting to play around with is to um, to switch up whatever you um, whatever's the routine and to kind of uh, go against the assumption. So, um, especially when I do a series of events, uh, I'll switch up the kinds of things I do. So, a lot of people like to close their eyes during guided imageries, and I will invite someone to keep their eyes open while we're doing a guided imagery and just notice, you know, how their experience is. Or I'll tell them, you know, wherever you're normally sitting, move someplace else in the room. Or let's do this standing. I use the body a lot. Sometimes I have them whirling like um, Sufis. <laughs> and, uh, and, and we definitely sing, too. So um, I, I like using, uh, we dance. Um, so using the body a lot because um, things come through when your body is open and in flow. Um, you know, instead of being these disembodied heads, you know, these, these brains walking, you know, that are, <laughs> that are being housed in these bodies, you know, just claiming the body and, um, and partnering with it during the learning, during the experience um, has been really key for me, too. Very nice. Thanks, Adela. Yeah. That just really kind of creates a different perception for all of us, I think, <laughs> to use those yeah. types of uh, engaging techniques. Fabulous. Great. So um, I think it would be a great idea. Um, what I want to do is uh, perhaps bring someone on to ask a question and then to um, for each one of you, if you're still here, Della, that would be great, but if not, that's fine too, you know, to share one special technique that you use in your teleseminars that you think our audience would really love to know. 
But before we do that and before we bring a guest on to, to ask a question, and if anyone is listening and is calling in on 347-945-6963, just press 1 on your keypad to let me know that you would like to ask a question and we'll, we'll bring you on. But I think it's a, a, a wonderful opportunity for, um, let's say, Ellen now to just share a little bit about her gift so that we know what, um, is, what Ellen is, is giving our audience as well. And that is the truth about color seminars, five erroneous beliefs that are costing you money, clients and time, and what to do about it. And um, I'll just give them the URL, Ellen, but um, if you can just uh, share, them, uh, share with them about what this audio is about well, in a moment. Um, really, the, the URL really, is... Oops, sorry. Let me just give them the URL yeah. first. It's sorry about that. It's keystoclarity.com forward slash radio forward slash teleseminar. So, Ellen, tell us what that wonderful audio is about. Well, you've heard that every blunder that could be made uh, uh, we've made them because we've had so much experience doing it and my internet connection is down in the room that I'm in and I don't have the description of my gift in front of me so I'm going to have oh, to ask you to read it <laughs> I absolutely do so, so fabulous um, so this is a 30 minute information packed audio that Ellen, where Ellen reveals how to get the maximum number of people to register for your teleseminars and how to get those who sign up to actually attend. That is huge. So I'm excited to listen to that myself. Um, the next thing that she shares on there is how to employ the mysterious, how do you say that? Is it Zagarnik? The Zagarnik effect. Zagarnik effect. <laughs> to get <laughs> listeners to stay on your calls, pay rapt attention to what you are saying, and keep your participants actively engaged, which, of course, we're talking about today. And then she shares... How to do the teleseminar two steps to sell your products and services without sounding salesy. And I think that's a huge one for many of our listeners. You know, the idea that, um, you know, it's uncomfortable sometimes to go into that, uh, the offer and, um, you know, how to stop yourself from, feeling, from sounding salesy. So go to keystoclarity.com forward slash radio forward slash teleseminar and you can pick up the, um, the free audio there as well. Thanks so well, ladies, I need beautiful. to yes. I need to sign off. I'm sorry. Oh uh, well, um, we'd love having you here, Adela. And if you had one golden nugget to leave us with, what would that be? I would say uh, create experiences. Mm, wonderful. Thanks so much for being here, Adela. Thank you. Thank you, Kim and Ellen. Bye, Adela. Bye bye. <laughs> wonderful. Okay, so um, thanks, Ellen, for that. It's, it's a, a fabulous gift, and I can't wait to share Kim's as well. Um, so anyone that would like to ask a question, just press 1 on your keypad if you're listening on the phone. Um, at the moment, we've got quite a few listeners, but no hands up. So let's, um, let's continue um, talking about um, that technique that I was um, asking you about, ladies. If you had... Specific, specific technique that you would um, use on your teleseminar that you think our audience would love to know, something a little special that perhaps, you know, uh, not many people use, what, what would that be, one thing be? Uh, well, I'll jump in. I, um, you know, I was talking earlier about how I don't read people's bios word for word, 
But I actually do, in someone that I'm interviewing, for instance, which is a common teleseminar format, the interview, I will go and research that person on Google and look back, way, way back into their blog and come out with something that only I, it's public information, but it's obvious that I did my research. That both endears me to my audience and it endears me to the person I'm interviewing. I have had many, many people saying, say to me that I was the best teleseminar interviewer they had ever encountered. And I think part of it was because I took the time to actually research them before I did the call. So I would, for each, for each teleseminar, and when I'm doing a big teleseminar summit, for each person that I'm interviewing, I probably put in four hours of research and preparation for that call. Wow. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I like the first one, <laughs> but I'm, not the second one. And, and like you, Kim, I'm a perpetual student, and I like doing that part of it. I'm not telling people that you have to put in four hours of research. On it. That's not what I'm saying. Yes. What I'm saying is you, you need to do your homework and be prepared because so many teleseminar hosts are not, and it's going to make you shine when you are. Mm. Yeah. yeah, that's fabulous. Thank you, Ellen. And um, uh, Kim, do you have... Um, a technique that you would recommend? Well, uh, yeah, I mean, I covered quite a few things, but maybe just to yes, pull one did. out of there is the Ooh. the whole uh, adult learning model, which is to, and, and for people that are listening, when you're crafting your teleseminars, to think about if there's ways you can incorporate this in, and that is to deliver your information then give them an opportunity to play with it, to own it, to make it their own, to claim it, to find their own truth in that information, and then to apply it to their lives. So it, it's a three-step formula. You give the information, you let them play with it, claim it, own it, make it their own, and then you take it that next step, and that next step is, okay, what's your takeaway, and how are you going to apply that to your life? And it's just it's highly effective it's what people remember so uh, that's why i really like it kind of as a, a special little technique yeah it's, it's very engaging absolutely okay um so it seems like we have lots of listeners but um everyone's in listening mode so <laughs> mm. uh, we'll just keep giving them this, this great information and uh um what i'd love to do um, before we share our, our golden nuggets, um, uh, before we wrap up the call, is Kim for you to share your gift? Um, would you like to share that, or would you like me to to give the information? Sure, I'd be happy to. So, Go do you want to give them the URL? Yes. It, again, it's keystoclarity.com forward slash radio forward slash teleseminar. And if you signed up for the call already, you you will have access to all those three free gifts. Um, just go ahead and go to that page, and, and you'll be able to download the gift. So our good. gift is a four-part audio training program, and it's on the four key components to creating and delivering a successful teleseminar. And those four key components are the creation, the marketing. So you got to create a good, powerful, impactful, flowing program. Then you've got to fill the seats. Then you've got to effectively be able to facilitate. And then the 
the final part is managing the logistics. And in our Confident Teleseminar Leader Program, we know that people get really hung up on the technology, and their fear of the technology is actually what holds them back, one of a few things that hold them back. So we've created a, a four-part audio training that gives you some some key strategies on how to design your teleseminar. And then the second part gives you some strategies on how to market it, so how you can get uh, the maximum number of attendees. And then the third one is about facilitation te- techniques, and we talked a lot about that today, what turns your participants off and what keeps them engaged and what creates that connection and some strategies around how to do that. And then finally, the fourth one is just simply how to eliminate technology overwhelm. So how can you just think of the technology in simple terms, and how can you get your arms around it so that you're, you're not letting that hold you back? Because one of the things I actually teach in this program is much of the teleseminar technology out there, what you're doing as the facilitator is very, very similar to what you're doing when you call into calls as a participant. So the difference between being a facilitator and being a participant is actually not that much different. And so once people understand that and they understand there's only a few commands that they're that they're using, um, it's quite easy to download the the recording afterward, et cetera, et cetera, then it's not this big mystery and it's not quite so scary. Mm. Fabulous. It's such a wonderful gift, um, Kim, um, a very juicy one indeed. I think all three are, to be honest with you. So um, thank you so much for sharing that and for being so generous. Um, with your uh, your expertise there. So for anyone wanting to pick that up again, it's keystoclarity.com, keystoclarity.com forward slash radio forward slash teleseminar. So it would be wonderful, I think, as a way to wrap up the, the show and this juicy conversation with just sharing um, a golden nugget or something you really want you know, our listeners to take away with them that's just that one thing that you really think is the most important if there was to walk away with anything from today, you know, what would that be? Oh, I'll jump in, uh, Louise. I this is something this is something I have not mentioned, but I always ask my clients when they are planning to do a teleseminar, I ha- or or actually creating a product or anything, is to ask themselves this question: What do I hope to accomplish by doing this teleseminar? What is the purpose of it? Before you even start to lay it out or figure out how are you going to do it, scripted or scaffolding or whatever, you need to be clear about the purpose. Is it to get more subscribers? Is it to deliver information? Is it to make a sale at the end? And sometimes these things can, purposes can be uh, a combination. But you have to be clear on what your purpose is before you design your teleseminar or it's going to be really muddy water. Yeah, that makes so much sense, Ellen. Thank you for that. That having real focus, that's what I'm hearing. Yeah. Hey, this thank is, you. I'm I'm actually going my golden nuggets or the golden nuggets that I'm going to recommend to the listeners are the golden nuggets that my wonderful colleagues have offered up today. And one of them is <laughs> and one of them is to be an engager and not a broadcaster. Oh, I love that. Isn't yeah, that so yeah. cool? Yeah. And then and the other one 
Mm-hmm. The other one was call them to do 100% of their half of the work or their half of the learning. What was that last word, Ellen? You, you, they, they need to step up and do 100% of their half of the work. And that okay. came from a former psychology uh, professor uh, of mine, Dr. John Gladfelter. Call them to do 100% of their 100% half of the work. Of their half of the work. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Adela said one other thing earlier that I really liked, but I didn't write it down, and I can't remember what it Nothing is. Nothing happens unless someone is present. There we yeah. go. I wrote it down. That really landed for me. <laughs> Those are my golden nuggets that I am walking away with and that I encourage all the listeners to walk away with as well. Yeah, thanks so much, Kim. And I would second that in saying that um, it's up to us as facilitators to be as present as we want our our participants to be present to the call. So, um, you know, to, to do whatever it is that you can to be fully engaged yourself, you know, whether using a scaffold, or, um, you know, whether you're, um, it's about the fact that you're fired up about your um, topic. Um, you know, the energy comes through. So thank you so much, ladies, for being on this call today. I think it, it was a fabulous panel discussion, and, and um, it was just a, a real blessing to have all three of you fabulous um, thought leaders in this area discussing this amongst yourselves and I'm sure that it was an interesting experience for yourselves as well and um, I just want to say thank you so much for being here today well you're quite welcome Louise I really enjoyed the panel discussion format yeah it's fun isn't it Uh me too I enjoyed the conversation and I appreciate the invitation yeah thank you well thank you and I hope everybody listening got some great information as well yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah, exactly. The show is not a show without our listeners. So thank you so much, everyone, for being here and listening to this juicy conversation. Uh, there will be more of the same coming up um, throughout the year, so just keep an eye out for that. And um, uh, I'll update you with our, our, our call, our show coming up next week, if you just keep an eye out in your email. And, um, again, if you want to make sure you get the updates to the show, Go to keystoclarity.com and just sign up in the little box there where you'll get the free report as well. And um, I look forward to talking to you again next week. To everyone's shining success, have a fabulous week. And thanks again, ladies. Bye-bye, everyone. Bye-bye.